Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bloomscast. My name is Seth, a.k.a. Phantasma Plumes. I'm coming to you pre-recorded from the Observatorium. As always, I thank you for tuning in today. Alright, so before I get started in here today, I kind of wanted to do a callback to last week's episode just off the rip because, honestly, if you listen to me just blurbling on for like 40 minutes as I'm like fighting my eyelids to stay, like fighting to keep my eyelids open, like genuinely speaking, I finished that episode last week. Because I was like, I want to make sure this episode is great, and it's, you know, ready by 2 o'clock on Sunday. Real Talk is 2 o'clock on Sunday right now, (laughs) or just about, and I'm just recording this. And, you know, I really kind of want to take this, and I'll frame it into today's episode where we talk about talking kindly to yourself, you know, having a positive mindset, how to stop talking negatively about yourself is really the true essence of today's episode. And, you know, I can immediately start all this off by saying I had a hard time recording this episode. Now, I don't mean that in the sense of, oh man, what am I going to say? How how am I going to formulate this? Like, no, nothing like that. Also, I have a cat in my lap. And you might you might hear her purring. It feels nice. I hope you have a cat in your lap or a pet in your lap or something soft and huggable. Because this little shit in my lap... Oh, she's giving me bunny kicks. Ow, ow. <laughs> okay, you got it, little dude. <laughs> I'm putting my hands up. It's all good. But <laughs> Anyway. No, I had a hard time formulating this episode just because I would try and record it multiple times over. And... We've talked about it briefly on stream when we were trying to record this. It's so easy to allow yourself to kind of talk completely horribly about yourself when you don't deserve it. You know, there's a great saying that goes, it takes more muscles to smile than it does to frown. Meaning it is easier to get, you know, depressive about something than it is to feel good about something. And, you know, I was feeling that 120% because we were trying to record on Thursday. We were doing it live. Um, And I had, I was, like, excited because this was a really good topic to talk about in front of people and be like, okay, you know, we've had conversations in the past about, you know, various aspects of mental health, but I've never really gotten the conversation of what do you guys actually deal with? And so, you know, even though this is a pre-recorded, you know, podcast episode, I do want to invite or initiate the conversation and say, hey, if you are struggling with specific things that you want to talk about on uh, podcasts, or you wouldn't mind it, rather, being talked about on podcasts or even on stream at times, um, I would be more than welcome to reading your stuff on here, giving you actual advice, like... That's what I'm here for at the end of the day. As much as I love giving general advice, I always think back to those times in class where people or where the teacher would ask, does anybody have a question? And, you know, everybody would keep their hands down. And when it came time to the test, when it came time to prove what you would learn during that class, you kind of fucked up. And then the teacher's like, well, what, what do you want me to do differently? And nobody says anything. Like, genuinely, I am a resource here for you. I want to, you know, continue to be, I I don't even know if I could say a supportive friend in all this, because that's not exactly the right framing of how our conversations between each other go, but 
I want you to know that in starting all this, because this is a difficult topic, I want you to know that you are not alone. You have friends that care about you, you have family that loves you, and at the end of the day, you have this random dude out on, like, random internet land that's willing to sit here and give you, you know, the care and support that you may need, you know? Especially if it's something that you're struggling with that's keeping you from succeeding and achieving your dreams. Hell yeah! I want to take, you know, 20 minutes out of my day to read an email and think about how I want to respond back to it. Like, you know, sometimes, sometimes I will pull the full... So, there's this, you know, weird guidance or, you know unspoken rule that when you receive an email from somebody you have 48 business hours to respond to them honestly there are certain times where i will sit there and i will eat up the full 48 hours just like all right let me actually sit down and think about how i want to respond to this person and genuinely speaking i want i want people to hit me with some of those questions that make me think all right this is a good question i want to figure out a really good response so seriously If you have anything specific you want me to talk about, or you have questions you want answered, or hey, even if you want to just share your W's, you know, your wins with the world, I would love to spread more positivity, you know? I think you can go on any social media right now, any, you know, Twitch stream, any YouTube video, and you will find somewhere, some way, a lot more, you know, aggression, a lot more depressiveness like i want to put more good in the world and i want to i want people to celebrate your victories even if you yourself aren't celebrating them you know i want people to be like hey great job you did amazing you worked hard like i would love to share those kinds of stories because as weird as it is to you know even think about by having me talk kindly to you Maybe you'll learn a little bit more about how to talk kindly to yourself. You know, be able to pay attention to the way I talk about your wins, your successes, and then use it to frame your own awareness of how you are talking to yourself about these things. So seriously, feel free to shoot an email over to plumescast at gmail.com. That email again is plumescast, P-L-U-M-E-S-C-A-S-T, at gmail.com because again i want to you know we are already starting to build a wonderful little community about spreading positivity and kindness and i want to continue to do that more and more and i would i would absolutely reach out to sir fancy and be like all right wacky snackies I need you to set me up with a new, you know, musical intro so I can be like, and it's time for the weekly good news. <laughs> you know, it's, I will say this, it's very embarrassing to be <laughs> making all these random noises and all because I have the most beautiful woman sitting in the uh, office with me right now. She's listening to me record this live, and I think I'm a little more self-conscious because of it, but (laughs) she's just smiling and giving me kisses across the room, but anyway, (laughs) wow, now I'm embarrassed.
<laughs> yeah, I see you embarrassed over there too, punk ass. <laughs> but anyway, no. So let's talk about negativity. <laughs> no, don't you record me. <laughs> I'm recording myself for the people. <laughs> no. Anyway, all right. Let me let me get the giggles out of me. Let me go ahead and get this actually going. So, real talk. Let's talk about negativity real quick. Now, as I've already said, it takes more muscles to smile than it does to frown. And genuinely, it is so easy to fall into any sort of negativity that the world presents with you. If things don't go 100% your way, it's not a, alright, you know, we got the best that we could get. No, it's like, damn, how the fuck did this happen? You know, if... Say, for example, you had a rough day at work. It's not, oh, I got all these other things done, or other things taken care of. No, it's, damn, this bitch Karen (laughs) really fucked up my day. You know, it's, we are, as humans, almost trained, not by virtue of ourselves, but of the world around us to focus on negativity. Because at the end of the day, as fucked up as it is to say, negativity sells. You know, like, think about it for a second. There, ooh, excuse me, there are so many self-help books, for example, out on countless bookshelves about how to deal with negativity. Like, there's stuff from, you know, and the one I immediately think of is the finance self-help books, where they're like, oh, you don't have a house, but here's how you can build equity. You know, the way they frame things... It isn't, you know, you're doing the best you can. No, it's, you suck, but here's how you can be better, you know? And it's just, you know, when you go, for example, when you go and listen to news stories, it's not woman saves puppy out of, you know, burning house. No, it's this many people just got shot. It's terrible. It's scary. It's, at the end of the day, horrific that we are selling the notion of fear and toxicity into the world because that's what makes money, you know, and I hate that, I hate that notion with the biggest, you know, I don't even know what the biggest what I would say in this, but I just hate it because at the end of the day, when you continuously feed negativity into the world, that's all you're going to pump out, and so if you find yourself talking negative to yourself, don't, like, first step here, do not hold yourself accountable for that, you know, do not hold yourself, you know, like, oh, I started all this, I'm the one that's talking negatively to myself, I'm the fuck up here, no, absolutely not, you know, to harken back to a couple of early episodes when we talked about, you know, connecting with your inner child more, and understanding the traumas that you experienced as a kid can directly impact how you are holding yourself as an adult, Like, genuinely speaking, maybe you grew up in a harder environment where it wasn't, you know, oh, we're at least able to have food today. No, it's, I desperately, or, you know, why can't we buy this? I want this. You know, why are you so poor? Why are we spending our money on all this? Genuinely speaking, you know, we, a lot of this negativity that we harbor against ourselves, we acquire from the world around us first. And, you know, as fucked as it is, 
it's something that's incredibly hard to break out of, especially when you first start, because it's like rolling a rock up a hill. You know, yes, bit by bit by bit, you can do it, but you will always have that pressure pushing against you until you finally break over to the peak of that mountain with that rock and you just cast it off to the side. And then all of a sudden the world just opens up to you. And that's, you know, unfortunately, I can't give you the answers to get you over the peak. No, like, that's something you gotta do on your own. You gotta figure out what your traumas are and what kind of negative things you talk to yourself about. Because just like from our intrusive thoughts episode last week, a lot of these negative thoughts have their roots in something. Maybe it's a toxic family member. Maybe it's a, you know, work uh, work issue. Maybe it's, you know, finances. And I get it. Some of those things you can't change on your own. Some of those things take time. Some of those things take effort. Some of those things take things completely out of your own control. But at the same time, you can always take the negative stories And try and twist it into a positive frame. You know? For example, let's go back to earlier this week. When I told you all I was trying to record stream on Thursday. Or podcast on stream on Thursday. Because I thought this would be a great conversation topic. It was going relatively well. But the more I talked and the more that I was trying to present this topic. I realized... In the middle of it, I didn't really know what I was trying to connect to. You know, my thoughts weren't fully connected in the way that I wanted them to be. And when I was getting, you know, deeper and deeper into it, and we had, like, Raymu and I were talking on chat, I was just, like, I felt like I was spiraling a little bit. Thankfully, the Fox wife texted me, and she's like, hey, I need you to come pick me up from work early. I'm like, oh, Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I didn't want to say it while I was on stream because I was just like, oh, I gotta, I gotta go. Oh no! <laughs> but in the back of my head, I'm like, ah, fuck, <laughs> yes. <laughs> because realistically, even though I wasn't able to, you know, get the recording done early, even though you know I'm now recording this well after the episode's supposed to be released. I am able to present everything I'm about to tell y'all with more clarity, with more, you know, relaxation, I guess, with more energy overall because I'm not doing this after, you know, a hard day at work. I'm not doing this after not sleeping, you know, for 18 hours like I did for the last episode. Like, I can come at this with strength, conviction, and a lot more, you know, actual belief behind my voice instead of the wishy-washy way that I was presenting it before. It's, but I will admit in that moment when everything was kind of falling apart, I was upset because it's like, ah, you know, I thought I could do this. I thought I could do this then. And it was, I, you know, me, myself, I can't say that I'm perfect when it comes to, you know, blocking out the negative self-talk because sometimes, you know, you kind of need a little bit of negativity to figure out where you can grow, you know? And in saying that, I went through and had my little wishy-washy moment where I was like, man, this kind of sucks. 
this, like, I can't believe this. How am I supposed to continue as a content creator? It wasn't anything that, you know, deep off the rip, but that was something that I continued to spiral towards. But I fully believe because I had these negative self-talks, I was able to then, you know, later on in the week, have a really good conversation with the Fox wife about, you know, the struggles that I was going through. Because for a little while now, I was in a perpetual, you know, motion of negativity, where I was like, man, my motivation isn't right. You know, maybe maybe I need to pick up self-help books about motivation. Man, I can't focus right while I'm at work. Ah, maybe I need to find something that will help me focus more. You know, and genuinely speaking, I just, like, when you have that one bit of negativity, similar to our boulder up the hill example, it gets heavier and heavier and heavier the more you build against yourself. And it's okay to let that boulder roll you over at times. Sometimes you need it and let it crash all the way back down to the bottom of the hill so that way you can pick yourself up and say, all right, let's try this again. Give yourself the time you need to rest in between as you're walking back down the hill, you know, make a stop at the local lake, you know, eat some berries, and then get down to the bottom of the hill, put your hands on the rock, and try again, you know? And that in itself, I feel like I went through that just this weekend where, you know, I had a moment where I just talked with the fox wife. I was, you know, hurting about multiple different things, but she was able to give me the kindness and the reassurance that I needed in the moment that I couldn't find in the moment. She reminded me that things are going better than, you know, we realize and you know, it gave me hope to keep trying. It gave me hope to, you know, pick myself up and come do stream. It gave me, you know, the motivation I needed to go out and hang out with a buddy of mine yesterday. Because otherwise, I don't know if I would have. And that's okay. You know, sometimes it's perfectly fine to admit that you're hurting. The difference, though, is when you admit it, you have to then start adjusting yourself to then fighting it, you know, and overcoming it and improving it. You know, there's another great saying, you have an amazing track record of getting over bad days. You are a hundred percent done with getting over every bad day that you have or experienced in the past. And you know, it's true. It's weird to think about that. Every trauma that we have experienced in our lives, if we are past it, that it's done. Because some of these things have chains that, like, want to bind us to them. And in breaking those chains and getting away from them and discovering ourselves and, like, discovering life, you know, you might end up at one point with every chain that was binding you severed. Where all the negativity of your past is gone. The people that hurt you are no longer there. The, you know, things that held you back are gone. And then when you finally find yourself free of the chains, maybe you still feel a little bit of a phantom chain of sort. Where it's just like, I don't know what to go. I don't know what to do. I don't know, you know, where I want to go from here. And that in itself is entirely valid. Because, look, you know... Let's give yourself the example that you're a bird trapped in a cage, right? 
you've lived your entire life in the cage, you got your food from the cage, you got your water from the cage, but you couldn't fly. And when you finally get out of that cage, whether it be by your own hands or someone helping you, you know, whether that be a partner or a friend or a family member, or even yourself, you get out of that cage. When you first try to fly, you aren't going to have the strength to take off. That's okay. Hop around on your little bird feet. Do a little sing-song. Build yourself up. And then when you are able to take flight, you will soar. It's it's really, like, even as I'm telling you all this, I'm kind of telling this to myself at the same time. Because, again, like I said before, you know, and let's even harken back a bit further where the idea for this podcast came from. I admitted on stream on Monday, I'm like, yeah, you know, sometimes I get really hard on myself when I'm streaming because, you know, maybe the view count isn't as high as I want it to be. Or maybe I feel silly or maybe, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. And mind you, I wasn't feeling any of those ways during that day, but it was just a conversation topic. You know, I was talking about how way back when I first started streaming, uh, even before that, I had a clip saved on my YouTube where I was doing Yakuza 0. And I was doing, uh, if you guys remember it, the Buddha ring sub-story. Where the dude basically comes up on Sachiko-chan and is like, Oh, you know, I'm in love with your panties, Sachiko-chan! Sachiko-chan, I love you! Sachiko-chan! And becoming more and more unhinged. I listened to myself do that when I was a kid. Like, when I was younger, when I was first getting into, you know, streaming and voice acting in general. And I was, you know, I kind of laughed because I could hear how embarrassed I was doing it. I didn't even have the camera on. Like, I was playing it off a PlayStation, I think. And I was using, like, the PlayStation streaming feature. And I was having fun, sure. But it wasn't the same level of fun I was having nowadays when I went back and did it, you know, live with camera. Had people around with me. Completely different people. You know, it reminded me that it was a struggle to build myself up to the point where I was or where I'm at now, but here I am. I'm starting to take flight. I'm starting to, you know, in our bird example, I've gotten out of the cage of, you know, negativity and where my old roommate would talk shit about me when I started streaming. I've found, you know, the strength to get out of that cage myself and not allow anyone else to really hold down what I'm doing on stream. And now I'm just kind of hopping around the table. And I'm starting to find, you know, if I flap my wings a little bit, I'm able to pick up some flight or some air. Because just to be real with y'all, I'm having more fun on stream. I look forward to, you know, coming home and doing stream with y'all. I look forward to recording podcasts because... Even, and, like, that's the thing. I realized I stopped caring about numbers. I stopped caring about, you know, trying to reach all these audiences and search engine optimization and really the monetary side of things in which I was like, oh, man, I can make so much money about that. And, you know, originally when I was going to do this episode, I was going to talk about, you know, being realistic about your side hustles you know, not in the way we talked about a couple of weeks ago, but more in the sense of summer vacations coming up. And, you know, there's going to be a bunch of 
college students, teenagers, kids coming out to the, you know, their first summer job. And I really wanted to do an episode about, hey, here's, you know, things to be mindful about. If you're coming into the first work, if you're like coming into the workforce for the first time, here's something to think about, you know, and I wanted to include in there, if you were starting a side hustle, if you're trying to become Instagram famous or, you know, TikTok famous, do these kinds of things, not that. Granted, you know, I can't really say one way or another, but, (laughs) you know, I just wanted to put the warning out there to say, hey, if you're doing all these terrible things to other people to gain your clout, then your platform's going to fall off the second people don't think you're funny, you know? And instead of building up a strong foundation of, you know, maybe being kind to other people, maybe spreading positivity, like, that's the thing. Yes, negativity and hatefulness get clicks, but positivity and kindness are the foundations of things that last, you know? I think, and I know I talk about this dude a lot, but I think about Markiplier when I think about, you know, content creation goals and how I want to continue advancing myself towards anything. And even though you're right, I don't know what happens behind closed doors, I, you know, find myself trying to align myself with positive content creators, you know, like StreamSeed, um, in which anything that I do, I always do with the well-being and well-intent of my community behind me. And not just my community is like the people that watch me or the people that listen to the podcast. I mean, like, my overall community. That's why I do charity streams. That's why I do, you know, just charity fundraisers in general. That's why I do the podcast. Because at the end of the day, not only do I want you to come away from listening to me do stream or podcast or anything else um, with a smile on your face, but I want you to feel like a little bit of your load has been lightened. Because, you know, maybe I remind you that the world isn't as bad as it seems. It's a terrible place at times. Yes, I fully agree to that. But the things that we have the power to control, the things in our immediate vicinity, are always a little bit better than we realize. You know? And to give you another, like, example of talking negatively without, you know, really realizing it, I am currently in the search for a house, alright? I have been, ever since I was in my, like, young 20s, I have always said that, God, I sound so much older when I say that. I'm only 28. (laughs) But ever since I was, like, in my 18s, in college, you know, up to maybe low 20s, I always said that I wanted to have my first house before I turned, you know, 35, and I wanted to be married by 30. And... Genuinely speaking, both of those things are very plausible still. And I might have flipped it. I might have said I wanted my first house before I was 30 and then married before 35. But, you know, I... When I think about those, when I think about those goals, when I think about, you know, the money situation that I've gone through as a kid and coming up into my own as an adult, you know, and just the way the market is in general right now, it's 
hard at times to say, yeah, no, we're staying at the apartment for another year. Um, you know, especially when like, I know the Fox wife and I want to start a garden. I know we want to, you know, we're going to be big DIYers because we love to paint. We love getting our hands dirty. We love making things our home, you know, whether it was back at my old apartment, whether it's at this new apartment or wherever else we go, we always find some kind of way to make our little piece of the world a home. And in that, I started taking the apartment for granted because I was like, oh man, you know, there, there are houses, we could get houses. And then all of a sudden this big ass rental company comes through and buys out all these like cheaper houses, the ones that are in like the $100,000 range, $200,000 range. The thing that we could really go out and get relatively easily, they are scooping those up to turn them into rental properties because at the end of the day, they want people to rent them and fix them. And you know, it made me upset. It made me not appreciate the apartment itself because at the end of the day, like I'm 28 years old, I'm going 29 in November. November 20th, I'm expecting gifts, by the way. <laughs> Not actually, please don't send me anything. I'll feel terrible. Unless it's Pokemon cards. I always accept Pokemon cards, you know. <laughs> if, your boy, if your boy pulls something nice, I'll send back a little bit of cash. But <laughs> anyway, it's legal gambling when you think about it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> all that to say, I was, I'm coming up on 29. And it's still, you know, it bugged me. I'm like, why am I still in an apartment? When in reality, I should have had a much more positive mindset of, I get to share this living space with the woman I love. I have two wonderful cats that sometimes drive me up the wall when they're up the wall. I have three loving guinea pigs that eat nothing but food. And then I'm pretty sure I have a war criminal hamster. But you know... (laughs) And, of course, a fish and a snail that, you know, help me fall asleep at night. But all that to say, you know, I have this wonderful space filled with items that are entirely ours. You know, it's not something that anyone else could take away, which is a luxury I never really got to have growing up, where things could be taken away from me in a heartbeat, even if I bought them, you know, and I don't have anybody that's coming up and asking for money. You know, I don't have anybody that's trying to get me to go out and buy them wine and cigarettes when I barely got to the legal age of wine and cigarettes. You know, I vividly remember when I was living at home being so embarrassed to buy my mom bottle like three or four bottles of wine using my, you know, Target discount to then, you know, bring it home for And watch her destroy the bottles, you know? And then the next time I worked, a couple of days later, buying another few bottles. It made people question whether or not it was for me or my mom. And it was so fucking embarrassing buying, you know, six packs of cigarettes, even though a single one has never touched my lips. You know, yes, have I smoked cigars? Sure. Have I smoked one since my dad died? No. Because that was something we did together. And do I think, you know, on his death anniversary coming up this year, will I probably light one up? Because it has been maybe seven years at this point since I've seen the man. Uh, Maybe. 
Who knows? I'm not in any place to rush it. I'm not in, you know, a need to do so. But at the same time, you know, it's just you think about all the ways that people have taken advantage about you or taken advantage of you in life, whether that be friends or partners or family members. And when you finally get free from that stuff and you're able to look back and see how far you have grown against the grain, I think you'll find that you yourself are much stronger than you ever allow yourself to think of. You know, you take the negativity out of the equation, you know. It's not, oh, I was buying alcohol for my mom and, you know, buying cigarettes for just to keep her happy so that way she didn't go insane on me. No, it was, I was doing what I needed to do to survive. I have survived the situation and I am stronger for it. And again, I can't tell you how hard that is. I can't tell you how difficult it is to finally get to that point in life where you can just sit down, breathe, and realize that you're okay. It's hard. It's so hard being okay. We've talked about that before on the podcast too. But, you know, I believe the sooner you can get to feeling okay, the sooner you can start working on feeling great. And realize that these things come in waves. You know, we've talked about depression coming in waves, but being okay comes in waves as well. You know, if we want to continue using the wave example where depression hits in waves and every now and again you're gasping at air and you're just trying to stay afloat, being okay is like when you're above water and you can see the sun. Being great is when you're above water and you can see the rainbow. And realize there are times where you come out of the water and it's a cloudy day. Realize that when you come out of the water, it's a rainy day. So even though you're not depressed, you can still be sad, you can still feel down, you can still feel tired. But you're doing one step better than you were before. That's the key. So... With all this said, I'd like to, you know, go through and talk about how you can start catching yourself when you're talking negatively about yourself. Because, you know, we've been talking about grandiose things where these things take years of surviving, overpowering, overcoming to be able to look back to. But, you know, at the very beginning of this episode, I gave you the very real example of I wasn't able to record podcasts like I wanted to. Because, you know, for various reasons. It was, at that point, a small thing, but it was a negative small thing. And the thing is, is you have to start catching yourself when you start talking negatively about yourself. This even goes to self-depreciating jokes. You know, if you always laugh and say, oh, I'm such an idiot, I'm such an idiot, I'm so dumb, I'm so ugly. You know, when you look in the mirror, those jokes will be what meets you first. It's hard because a lot of humor these days is self-depreciating. But you can't always say, oh, I'm such an idiot, oh, I'm so stupid, oh, I'm so ugly, oh, I'm so fat, because you might be the most beautiful person in the world, but you won't see yourself like that. So, 
when you and like that's the thing too if that's what you and your friends do to make you laugh okay that's fine continue to do it but meet it with you know a neutrality of sorts where if you are making jokes about being you know ugly or whatever counter them counter them later on in the day and say oh you know i'm just so smart i'm just so pretty i'm just so this even if it's just to yourself in the mirror, when you wake up in the morning, says saying, God damn it, I wish I was back in bed, say, all right, I'm tired, sure, but here we go. Let's do it. Meet the days with positivity. Even if you can't meet it with positivity, make it a neutral, you know? Just be like, all right, I'm up. Let's go. That's it. You know, you don't have to be like, oh, yeah, I'm awake. It's another beautiful day. It's a sunny day. Oh, boy. No, fuck that. If you're one of those people, fuck you. <laughs> I hate morning people. <laughs> I have to fake it so that way I can keep my job. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> uh, see, you know, that's the thing is in that I shared with you a negativity in which I am not a morning person. But I made a joke out of it, and I made it lighthearted, because at the end of the day, yes, I fully understand I'm not a morning person, but at the same time, that doesn't mean I can't wake up with some energy and be like, all right, here we go, let's do this. You know, that's how I am when I gotta get up out of bed on the double, where it's like, you know, to give you an example, the fox wife, she woke me up to take her to work, and, you know... She didn't meet me with any cuddles. And <laughs> she's looking at me as I'm telling you this. And I sprung out of bed after doing a little fisticuffs motion at her. <laughs> she's glaring. <laughs> I'm in trouble, chat. But, <laughs> you know, at the same time, it was, all right, it's time to get up. It's time to go, you know. And then later on in the day, we made a joke out of it. And we had fun, and we cuddled, and we laughed. And it was just, you know, a little thing that made the day a little bit better, you know? But as you start catching these negative thoughts, you need to remember, too, that not all the thoughts that you have, kind of like intrusive thoughts, aren't always reality. You know, it's easier to be hard on ourselves and to talk negatively of ourselves and just blow out the narrative in such a negative way like for example a very real one with me is sometimes I feel like I'm about to get fired because I don't feel like I'm doing a good job at work I don't feel like you know I have an awkward conversation with my boss I'm like oh my god you know he's thinking about firing me blah 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 and it just spirals and spirals and spirals when in reality I continue to do an amazing job at the office everybody there you know really likes me I went to the company baseball game yesterday and people were talking, it's like singing high praises to me, to all their family members. It was really weird. I'm not going to lie that everybody introduced me as the IT guy and they always talk like almost everybody was like, yeah, so when I do something stupid on the computer, you know, I call him first or yeah, you know, whenever I'm having computer issues, he's the one that calls and puts up with my bullshit. And I'm just like, the fuck? (laughs) And he's always so nice about it, and he doesn't judge. And, of course, I have to slide in openly when they say that, but, you know. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, no, like real quick side tangent. It was really weird for them to always introduce me as just the IT guy, you know, but at the same time I get, I get it. It's the company meeting or it's the company function. You know, not all these people are going to remember me. Honestly, I didn't think I was going to remember any of them. And I remembered some of them from, uh, you know, the one Christmas party we had like two years ago, uh, where everybody got to come out together. But all in all, it was a lot of fun, and I don't know why I'm telling you this story. <laughs> anyway, but no, seriously, remember that, just like intrusive thoughts, these things aren't always reality, because, you know, again, it's so much easier to be harder on ourselves than to give ourselves the credit that's due. And, you know, just like intrusive thoughts, you may be able to trace it down to something. You know, for example, with me, when I talk about content creation or when I talk about being fired, you know, just using the fire example, it's because I am such a perfectionist. You know, I grew up as the prodigy child of sort. I wasn't to the same level as my sister was, but I was the same in a different way, where it was more about being social and talkative and, you know, just surviving high school and being an all-A student and all this fucking, like, all the expectations that should have fallen on other people fell on me, especially when it became, you know, about growing up really quick as a young child to handle adult issues. All of that, all of that was being placed down on me, and... When things aren't going in a positive way, when I don't feel like I'm achieving, when I don't feel like I'm doing everything I should be doing, I do fall into that negativity. I'm like, oh my god, they're going to catch me being on Twitter for five minutes. Oh my god, I'm going to get fired. Oh no. And it's just, it's not fair. It's not fair to myself. Like, you know, I know this is going to sound like an excuse after I say it, but just to be entirely upfront. The average person works less than three hours out of an eight-hour workday. I mean that as in most people will dick around, will talk to each other, will do anything else. Like, yes, the work gets done, but it's not, you know, eight hours of constant balls-to-the-ground work. No, it's sometimes family members reach out and they need help, and they're thinking about that. You know, sometimes it's you taking care of things for yourself or you're taking care of stock, you know, trading stock during the day. Um, You know, maybe it's you doing some type of schooling or gaming or anything else. You're not basically of the eight hours of the day, not even half of it is spent to the job. All right. So that's the average. I know for a fact that I give at least six hours of my day to bettering myself for the company, whether that, and like, that's the thing too, is when I say bettering myself, I mean in the way of I'm studying different cybersecurity attacks going on in the world. I'm making myself aware of vulnerabilities and bad patches, even though I may not have gotten anything done for the day as far as the company itself, you know, whether that be implementing some new security system or, you know, Well, I always answer emails, but putting something in place that might help in different ways, like, that's fine. 
The thing is, is you're not always going to have those days where you can go and perfect something. You can go and place something. Because at the end of the day, unless your company has unlimited resources, you're going to hit a wall. And that's okay. Figure out a way to break through the wall. For me, that's coding right now. I'm trying to increase my value at the company by teaching myself how to code so that way I can take more off my boss's plate. And I think, at this point, I'm getting pretty decent at it. But, that to say, you know, you have to, as you are going through and realizing these negative thoughts and everything else, and realizing that these thoughts aren't necessarily reality, you need to be able to cross-examine where that all is coming from. And not to just randomly toss in Phoenix Wright terms into this, but, you know, you need to be able to figure out where all this is coming from. Figure out where this could stem from. Like, again, like just like intrusive thoughts, you know? And after you figure out where these negative thoughts are coming from, maybe, you know, you find out that you're just not achieving as much as you want. Because you're a glass half empty kind of person. And then in that case, you need to shift your perspective and say, you know, all right, the glass isn't half full. Or the glass is half full, not half empty. You know, it's hard. It's very hard to be able to sit with yourself and have these conversations and figure out, all right, you know, where all this is coming from. And again, these are big processes that will take time, will take energy, will take, you know, mind over matter of sorts. And you can't rush it. You can't rush trying to fix the things that are wrong with you. Because at the end of the day, a lot of the things you think are wrong aren't. Some of those weaknesses you have are actually your strengths. For a great example, alright? I love watching the fox wife do art she is so creative and so innovative in the way she does things she can start from zero and start building something out i look at that and i get envious because me as a starting artist i want to be able to do that but the difference between me and her is while she can start from zero i can trace I can look at something and copy it down. I have the decent-ish ability to mirror things. And I realize that's just two different art forms in being able to create things. And being able to stylize things. And in reality, in an open job where, say, me and her were working together, she would be the background artist and I'd be the foreground guy. You know, and that's the thing. You can't be perfect at everything, but you can take the things that you are great at and use them to cover up the things that you aren't so great at. So, you know, when the Foxwife does a schedule thing for me, I take it and edit it and use it for stuff for y'all. And in that, we have... Yet another beautiful union. Just like our romance. And our passion. And our relationship. And instead of looking at it as something that divides us. It's something that brings us together even stronger. 
And that's the way you got to look at life at times, guys. It's, and again, it's scary. It's hard. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to admit where you're weak in things. You know, especially if you have a partner. Or especially if you don't have one, too. Because sometimes you want to compare yourself to other people. And, you know, comparison, at the end of the day, is the ultimate thief of happiness. Also, the uh, outro from last week is playing right now. So, like, kind of caught me off guard. I'm like, wait, where the fuck is that coming from? (laughs) Anyway, so we have achieved longer podcast episode than last week. And I haven't even talked about the positive side of things. But anyway, <laughs> look, you know, it is hard to stop yourself from comparing um, from comparing yourself to other people, especially when you, they have things that you may want. You know, when you're single, you notice all the Valentine's Day couples around Valentine's Day. When you have a dead parent, you realize all the mothers walking around on Mother's Day or Father's Day. You know, when you have... Um, really, that's, that's kind of the main ones. When you, like, Christmas comes around, you notice all the families come together when you don't really have that. Again, comparison is the thief of happiness. You have to realize at times that some things are out of your control. And it hurts, you know, but that doesn't mean you can't make a better use of the situation. You know, in the instance of not having a family for Christmas, I before have had the wonderful opportunity to, you know, donate food that I've made to food banks and to feed homeless people and to, you know, I was supposed to be a part of a soup bank at one point, but the guy I was working with never called me back because I guess it was way too early in the morning and he didn't feel like waking me up. But <laughs> anyway, you know, You have opportunities to build a family out of your friends, out of your community around you. Just because you don't have a nuclear family doesn't mean you can't have a platonic one. You know, and I think I can be a very good advocate to found family. Because as scary as it is to admit, I came into this world with four family members. I only have one now. But that's okay because when in reality, I have two. And I have somebody that I'm so excited to welcome into my family one day. Well, she already basically is family. She knows that. But And I'm not saying all that because she's sitting in the office with me. But, <laughs> you know, and that's the thing. When it comes to... Adjusting your perspective on things. You gotta look at the way you can make things better. Now, I'm not saying go run out and befriend everybody. I'll even be upfront with you. I had a really weird experience where somebody yesterday came up to me while I was in the manga section at Barnes and Nobles with a buddy of mine. And he just started chatting me up about anime. And I was just like, all right, this is weird. And then I walked away. <laughs> you know, I literally said, I'm like, oh, sorry, I got to meet up with my buddy. Because my buddy abandoned me. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I got to go meet up with him. But have a great day. You know, I'm not telling you to go out and do that. But I am saying, allow yourself to look for the people around you that may end up becoming important in your life.
And I think at the end of the day, all of us kind of know in our hearts and our souls when we meet those people, those people that will have a spark in our life or maybe will ignite the fire in us. I feel as though we, and this isn't, you know, me getting way too spiritual or anything, but I feel as though we have, we know, we know when those people are in our lives, are in our proximity, and even though they may not be that person yet, they may grow to be that person if we so allow them. But in order to do that... In order to be happy with somebody else, you yourself have to be happy with yourself. So I want you to start thinking about how you talk to yourself. Pay attention to your thoughts, you know, and give yourself the kindness and warmth and love you deserve. You don't need anybody else in the world to love you in the way that you need to be loved in order to find your happiness. You can love yourself in the way that you need. It's not easy. Again, I can't tell you that enough. But at the same time, you yourself can build yourself to that point. You don't need to wait for an item to come out, you know, like a new game that you've been waiting years for. You know, like for all the people that were waiting for the new Tears of the Kingdom game that came out. You don't need to spend all your time waiting for that game. You know, don't let time slip away. You can, like, again, though, you, if that's what makes you happy, if that's what fills you with joy is waiting for news and talking about potential spoilers and leaks and story points that may come up in the new game, by all means, do it. But don't allow yourself to slow down entirely for something that has yet to come out. Otherwise, you know, your boy will be sitting here waiting for PSO3. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Honestly, I'm not even playing PSO2 that much anymore. I'm playing more Genshin and Honkai, which is weird for me to say, considering the fact that, like, three weeks ago, I re-released the, uh, we or the gotcha podcast onto YouTube under the pods, and I was like, Yeah, I don't play Genshin anymore. Lo and behold, <laughs> but see, that's the thing is like you yourself can absolutely say, Ah, uh, you know, I'm not feeling like I'm not feeling Genshin, and then a couple of weeks later, Oh man, me and Genshin, the bestie, crazy, <laughs> but. You know, and realistically, is speaking of besties, you need to start talking to yourself like you would a friend. You know, you can't allow yourself to be so critical of your friends because you won't have any friends at the end of the day. You can't hate on people who are trying to be your friend because, you know, they won't be there anymore. And... Really, if you keep talking, like, again, if you talked negatively to a friend all the time, you just criticized them, hated on them, they wouldn't be there. So why would you do that for yourself? You, unfortunately, are the only one you have. You know, similar to your skin, your body, your hair, your everything is the only one you have. So why not, you know... Treat it like a friend and love it and care for it and talk to yourself and your mental self like a friend. 
And, you know, start taking the small things in life and celebrating them as much as you would the big things. Now, obviously, don't go out and spend $5,000 when you won $50 on the lottery, but absolutely have fun. Celebrate life. Celebrate your accomplishments. If it was your birthday not long ago, buy yourself something nice. If you recently received a promotion and you're doing all right money-wise right now, sure, you're trying to save for something, but if you got a promotion not long ago, go do something with that extra money. You know? Allow yourself to have fun. Give yourself the opportunity to live life and celebrate it because these material possessions in life, for example, aren't going to follow us to the grave. You know, it's weird to think about, but money ain't going to follow us either. We spend our entire lives working to make money, but at the end of the day, when we hit the ground, we're no different than the person who made a million dollars in life or the person that made zero dollars in life. The only thing that defines us when we hit the ground is our character. And do you want that to be a good thing or do you want it to reflect negatively on you? Personally, I'm going to try and be the best motherfucker I can be. I'm going to, like, if, if, this is embarrassing to say, but if I'm going around for another round after life is said and done, and I get that opportunity to, you know, go up to the pearly gates of heaven or whatever the hell we go after the fact, bro, I'm going to be the most you know, offensive angel there is, because I ain't gonna stop cussing. You know, I'm not gonna be like, oh, our Holy Father says that I cannot speak in the dirty tongue. No, I'll be like, fuck that. <laughs> you know? I'll play the harp, I'll, but I'm gonna be talking shit while I'm doing it. <laughs> you know? And the other angels are gonna laugh. It'll be a good-ass time. <laughs> but, all that to say, you know, it really... At the end of the day, like even though we're talking about this kind of stuff, you need to allow yourself to have realistic expectations. You know, again, going back to the housing example, talking about how I was dismaying about the fact that we're still in the apartment and taking advantage of the fact that I can afford an apartment with my partner and still be financially okay. Like, a lot of people around me, especially in our age group, can't do that. A lot of people have roommates, like multiple roommates, or are still living at home to try and save money. And, you know, it's a luxury that we get to have. Buying a house is no longer a commodity right now. It is a luxury item. That blows my mind to think about. But it's the truth. And, you know, in trying to save for luxury, it is a long time fight. I am okay with the thought that I may not buy a house until I'm in my 40s. It's bizarre to say, especially as earlier earlier on on the podcast, I told you, all right, you know, I want to be, I want my first house by I'm 35. And... You know, the market just ain't about that right now. It's okay. It'll pop eventually when it does. Oh my God, when it does, bro, I'm going in. Or, you know, realistically, I have no problem with buying a tiny house. I would actually kind of like that. You know, would it be minimalistic? Sure. 
But at the same time, like, I think about all the open space that we have in the apartment in different spots that we could toss aside and not even think about. Like, there's a whole section of wall right by our dining table that we don't really use. (laughs) We could get rid of, and I wouldn't miss it, you know? And get rid of all the stuff that's sitting in it. And it'd be like, alright, whatever. It's nice to have, sure. But at the end of the day, like, fuck it, you know? All that to say, you know, you have to be realistic with the way the world is. And the way that the world, you know, gives you the options on how to do things. Unfortunately, we cannot make a difference in economics, You know, we can't change the housing market for the better, but what we can do is continue to do what we are doing and live the best life that we can with the resources that we have, you know, and that is to say, like, that isn't to say, by the way, that social injustices, we can't change. We can absolutely change that just because that's the way life is as far as social things go. No. Absolutely not. We have to stand up and live or and celebrate everyone else's lives, including our own. The economy we can't change. The way we treat other people, the things that directly involve us, we absolutely can. We can be kinder people. We can be more loving people. We can be a friendlier person. But hey, we can't change the economy can't really change the government that easily either. We can go, you know, lobby things in local government and force our way up. Yeah, we could do that. But sometimes we have to understand what battles we can win and what battles we can fight. And at the end of the day, I believe that, you know, we have to do better ourselves before we are ready to fight that big fight. You know, the fact that I had to have a full-ass class about talking cybersecurity with other people, like other managers and all, definitely proves that we need to have a better understanding of the world around us before we can, you know, start having the conversations that need to be said. And we need to be able to have those conversations in our own voice and not mirror that of... Whoever is talking. You need to be able to, you know, be kinder to yourself and realize that in being kind to yourself, you become more kind to your fellow man. And you and yourself will find out that when you start looking at the positives of things, when you start looking at the things that bring us all together instead of all the negatives that divide us, you realize that we have much more in common with the person next to us than we care to admit. I don't know how I got onto a social conversation at that point, but you know, real talk, you can change your story. You can change the way you write your story. You can change the way you talk to yourself. You can change the way you think. You can change the way you handle yourself. You can change the way you spend your money. By all means, and I've told you about this when it came, comes to money at least, that you should absolutely spend the money that you have, you know, Be smart about it. Don't blow all your cash. But at the same time, don't limit yourself from living life. 
because you can't afford a $400,000 house right now. I'm just saying 400 because that's the average, which is balls to the walls wild to me. Back when my parents bought a house, it was much cheaper. Very much cheaper. But that's okay. Times change. Just like your perspective on yourself can change. And I hope that after we've had this conversation that we've had today, you can take some time and do some self-reflecting and see where you can improve. Don't be critical because you have spots that you can't improve. Be proud that life has afforded you the opportunity to grow even better than you are now. And you'll get there. I personally am very proud of you. I think you are doing a great job. The fact that you're listening to this podcast and you made it to the end, hey, that's even better. You know, you want to do better for yourself. You are trying to do better for yourself. And realistically, I think you can get there. You just need to give yourself the time and the energy to reflect on the positive things in life. Frame the negatives that you have and turn them into positives. And if you can't turn them into positives, see if you can't drop them all together. You know, a bad apple spoils the bunch. Toss the bad apple. Is it a friend that's sucking the life out of you? All right. Hasta la vista, buddy. You know, if it's money issues that are bringing you down, look at the way you're spending your money. You know, is there something that you can't support anymore? Is there a way you can get rid of it? Or is there a way you can, you know, make the situation any better? You don't have to work harder. You just gotta work smarter. And be kind to yourself when you figure out that there may be things you need to improve on. Because as I'm telling you this, I know I have a shit ton of things to improve on. And we'll get there one step at a time. But that is about all she said. Ironically enough, my sister's calling me, so I probably should give her a call back. But anyway... (laughs) Remember, you can find me in the night skies across different platforms. If you got Phantasma Plumes on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube, you can listen to Plumescast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all smart devices, as well as YouTube in pod format. And you can email the show directly by sending it to plumescast at gmail.com. That email again is plumescast, P-L-U-M-E-S-T. Ah, Jesus, fuck. P-L-U-M-E-S-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Or if you find the podcast isn't enough plumes for you, you can find more topics such as technology and book reviews over at phantasmagoriaofplumes.blogspot.com. That URL again, phantasmagoriaofplumes.blogspot.com. Guys, thank you all so much for listening in. And as always, I'll talk to you again from the stars very soon. Until next time, everyone, I want you to start talking to yourself like a friend. Tell yourself that you love yourself because, man, you're the only one in this world that you got. And you better treat them right. Bye-bye.